Chapter Thirty Three of My Reminiscences by Rabindranath Tagore. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Thirty Three. More about the evening songs. At this time, my reputation amongst literary critics was that of being a poet of broken cadence and lisping utterance. Everything about my work was dubbed misty, shadowy. However little I might have relished this at the time, the charge was not wholly baseless. My poetry did, in fact, lack the backbone of worldly reality. How, amidst the ringed-in seclusion of my early years, was I to get the necessary material? But one thing I refused to admit, behind this charge of vagueness, was the sting of the insinuation of its being a deliberate affectation, for the sake of effect. The fortunate possessor of good eyesight is apt to sneer at the youth with glasses, as if he wears them for ornament, while a reflection on the poor fellow's infirmity may be permissible. It is too bad to charge him with pretending not to see. The nebula is not an outside creation. It merely represents a face, and to leave out all the poetry, which has not attained definiteness, would not bring us to the truth of literature. If any phase of man's nature has found true expression, it is worth preserving. It may be cast aside only if not expressed truly. This is a period in man's life when his feelings are the pathos of the inexpressible, the anguish of vagueness. The poetry which attempts its expression cannot be called baseless. At worst, it may be worthless. But it is not necessarily even that. The sin is not in the thing expressed, but in the failure to express it. There is a duality in man, of the inner person, behind the outward current of thoughts, feelings and events, but little is known or wrecked. But for all that, he cannot be got rid of as a factor in life's progress. When the outward life fails to harmonize with the inner, the dweller within is hurt and his pain manifests itself in the outer consciousness in a manner to which it is difficult to give a name or even to describe and of which the cry is more akin to an inarticulate wail than words with more precise meaning the sadness and pain which sought expression in the evening songs had their roots in the depths of my being as one sleeps smothered consciousness wrestles with a nightmare in its efforts to awake, so the submerged inner self struggles to free itself from the complexities and come out into the open. These songs are the history of that struggle. As in all creation, so in poetry, there is the opposition of forces. If the divergence is too wide, or the unition too close, there is, it seems to me, no room for poetry where the pain of discord strives to attain and express its resolution into harmony, there does poetry break forth into music, as a breath through a flute. When the evening songs first saw the light, they were not hailed with any flourish of trumpets. But nonetheless, they did not lack admirers. I have elsewhere told the story of how at the wedding of Mr. Ramesh Chandradat's eldest daughter, Bankim Babu, was at the door, and the host was welcoming him with a customary garland of flowers. 
as i came up bankim babu eagerly took the garland and placing it round my neck said the wreath to him ramesh have you not read his evening songs and when mr dad avowed he had not yet done so the manner in which bankim babu expressed his opinion of some of them amply rewarded me the evening songs gained for me a friend whose approval like the rays of the sun stimulated and guided the shoots of my newly sprung efforts this was babu priyanathan just before this the broken heart had led him to give up all the hopes of me i won him back with these evening songs those who are acquainted with them know him as a expert navigator of all the seven seas of literature footnote the world as the indian boy knows it from fairy tale and folklore has seven seas and thirteen rivers end of footnote whose highway and byways in almost all languages indian and foreign he is constantly traversing to converse with them is to gain glimpses of even the most out of the way scenery in the world of ideas this proved of the greatest value to me he was able to give his literary opinions with the fullest confidence for he had not to rely on his unaided taste to guide his likes and dislikes this authoritative criticism of his also assisted me more than i can tell i used to read to him everything i wrote but for the timely showers of his discriminate appreciation it is hard to say whether these early ploughings of mine would have yielded as they have done end of chapter 33 read by lambda